who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Listen! What is up, Super Ninfrendos? It is Nintendo Voice Chat episode 581. I am your new host, Seth Macy. I am joined here today by Kate McPherson. Hello. Sam Claiborne. Oh, hello. And industry legend, Cat Bailey. Well, you can just keep introducing me as an industry legend, Cat <laughs> Bailey, from now on. I am not going to have my ego inflated at all. <laughs> making a note of that right here. Uh, we have a lot of show today because I don't know if you're paying attention, but it was kind of a busy week for Nintendo. So we want to get right into it. We have Kate mm-hmm. on here today specifically because she likes the game uh, with the people fighting. I can't remember the name. Oh, Smash Brothers. Huge. <laughs> Smash Brothers uh, announcement. Sora from Kingdom Hearts has joined Smash Ultimate. This is the final fighter announcement, which in and of itself is unbelievable mm-hmm. that they're still that they were even able to get to this level. Uh, we've got new now, stages. I can't believe they got Sora's shorts that big. I, it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, I love them. It's they're almost gen. borderline puffy director pants. And it's very <laughs> cool. So uh, that apparently Sora was the most requested character in the smash ballot during the uh the smash four era yeah is that how it works we just needed to vote for yeah. somebody else <laughs> yes we, we could needed have... to vote for the monster hunter that's yeah. what i wanted or phoenix Wright. i wanted phoenix Wright. phoenix Wright. oh, oh my Wright. gosh yeah uh, another another good one we also oh, got we got another sword boy yeah we got he spiky, <laughs> but he has a key a key blade's not a sword okay mm-hmm. that is that's true i hold it uh kate i want i would like to hear your uh your reactions to this announcement yeah um so a little background on me um i uh so i'm kate but i am also a um competitive super smash brothers player um so i've been going to major events and um competing in smash competitively since 2015 um and i'm also a broadcast producer and content creator within the smash scene um so i've worked with smash players um such as like hungry box and um like mk leo and players like that top players 
and I'm very, uh, I very much follow the, um, kind of like the competitive smash scene and mm-hmm. a lot of people who are very passionate about the game and I'm very passionate about the game. Uh, and seeing Sora as the final character and just the entire final presentation in general was very touching considering this is the completion of smash ultimate essentially um it's the final character and yeah with Sora, it's i mean ever since smash 4 when dlc characters were a thing um a lot of people have said they wanted sora and um i remember when bayonetta was released as the final character in smash 4 it was kind of like okay maybe we'll have hope for smash ultimate (laughs) Um, and the fact that I feel like Nintendo was able to even negotiate with Disney to get Sora and get the rights to get Sora into the game, it's definitely something that I think probably took a lot, like a couple years to actually put together and, um, to see, like, to kind of close out Smash Ultimate with Sora, it's a very, almost like bittersweet kind of ending to Ultimate. I personally, I was excited for Sora. I'm not really sure which character I would have preferred. I think I just wanted a character that everyone would be really happy to see in the game. Um, So DLC characters like Min Min and stuff, like some characters were either like the DLC characters that were released may have been more niche or... Um, maybe not as easy to pick up, but with Sora, it seems like a lot of people who are really into Smash Ultimate are really happy with this decision from Nintendo to kind of close it out with Sora and close it out with a um, presentation that we're watching right now in the video form <laughs> that alludes to like the Smash characters being toys and then bringing it back to welcoming Sora into Smash Ultimate and kind of wrapping it all together into one um, conclusion after developing Smash Ultimate basically for three and a half years. And now the game is finally, I I think it's technically finished. They're probably still going to do patches. He's free. Exactly. It's actually a curse (laughs) Um, that he was under. Yeah, but it's, I mean, as someone who is a part of the competitive Smash scene, I think a lot of people are really excited to see Sora in the game. I know there's some comments that Sora is, oh, it's another anime sword fighter character or something like that. But um, as someone who kind of pay attention to how characters are developed and the attacks of characters and things like that, I think yes sora has a keyblade and it's kind of like a sword but i think sora also has a lot of a lot of other unique move sets and right. his style of play is very unique but what's nice is his style is unique but i think he's a character that compared to other characters like terry and things like that he might be easier for players to pick up um now are you a a kingdom hearts fan or are you just excited that kingdom hearts fans got chocolate and your peanut butter i don't want to i'm afraid to say this but i've never played kingdom hearts no that's totally uh, fine like, <laughs> like it's much worse saying kingdom hearts is real dumb and which is i'm willing to say oh, okay. oh. i have watched Ooh, like King- sam dropping the nbc bomb. at ign.com if you want to write a harshly worded letter <laughs> yeah, i don't think it's, i think people really like that series and uh yeah. and i respect them for it. i really tried to play a lot of the recent one and i, I totally get it i get why people like it 
it's yeah. a little you know, for me. Kate, I think that when it comes to Sora's moveset, I actually agree with you that uh, Sakurai and the Smash Brothers team has shown a lot of creativity mm-hmm. when it comes to developing these characters, even when it comes to characters from, like, say, Xenoblade or Byleth, where you're going, oh, it's just another anime sword character. Mm-hmm. Usually they have some kind of really interesting sort of conceit going with a particular character design that helps to differentiate them with the, from the rest of the characters mm-hmm. and end up being really fun. To wit, I am a Byleth main. I have a lot of fun playing as Byleth, and they do not feel like any other Fire Emblem character to me. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed with how well they implemented Banjo. I know Banjo is not an anime sword boy, <laughs> but they put <laughs> so much thought into how these characters represent their individual series, how they fit into Smash Brothers at large. That's why I think Smash is a really special series. That's why I, even though I'm not a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and I was kind of, how should I say, poo-pooing the idea of Sora on on Twitter, Mm -hmm. I am excited to play as Sora because, if anything, I wasn't a big fan of Banjo either until I played Smash and it turned me around on it. Like on the series? Uh, It's like... Uh, poo-pooing Sora in Kingdom Hearts or Smash? No, uh, a banjo. Are you like going back and playing oh, banjo games? Neither. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the original platformers, and I thought banjo didn't hold up super well. Mm. And you know, I didn't grow up with banjo. A certain yeah, maybe yeah. people who are like five years younger than me grew up with banjo and have like really strong feelings about it. So I was like, I'm indifferent to banjo. But once I started playing as banjo in Smash, I'm like, this character fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's so well implemented. Top tier DLC character. What an incredible job! 100, 180 on that particular character, and Great I amiibo think they too. might do the same with Sora. Great amiibo too. Yeah, yeah. The, correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't announce a Sora amiibo, did they? I, I think know. they're developing it. Okay, <laughs> they're so, licensing it. So because you know, a bad amiibo is bad forever, but a delayed actually, amiibo, yeah, for sure. I didn't, I didn't put together the um uh, connection that like smash series has always had be- to toys because yeah. i know like it's about the toy box in, in, the, right. in the first game right and then i remember yeah. in melee is at the i haven't really played a lot of smash um since then um but now there's actual physical amiibo that they tie them to so it's like this really weird toys to life situation now huh yeah and cool. i think it's funny because toys to life as a genre is dead but nintendo's well, managed to keep amiibos relevant until now right this is yes, the last one for this series. Yeah, you have suckers mm-hmm. like me who are like, oh, I just, I needed both versions of the cloud strife that I'll never, ever use for anything other than putting it on my shelf. And then it looks pretty. It every... I like they're it. Very, I got a bunch do, of Amiibos behind me. Yeah, they're they're actually quite lovely little collectibles. Yeah, but I just, even have, I have my little Amiibos on my desk. So I have a bunch of Smash Amiibos. My yeah, Amiibo are in storage everywhere. at work because I've never taken them out of the packages and I don't have room for them in my house. And so they're in big boxes in storage until we have an office again. And I have a lot of them and they're all in packaging. I hope I hope they're able to come out and breathe and, and feel know. free because, you know, well, we've we do seen have Toy a- Story 2. It, it makes toys mad to live in their packaging. <laughs> yeah, well, we have the full run in the office, right? So we That's have true. all the Amiibo on uh you know pairs desk wall and so i was always able to at least scan what i needed i'd bring my system in and scan what i needed from there it was a really good resource that it's been been tough to be taken from us uh another thing real quick uh uh, with the announcement of sora coming to smash uh we've also got the kingdom hearts series coming to switch as cloud games which i'm a little less than excited about i would have liked to have seen maybe the the earlier games uh cat and i talked about this yesterday uh just to see those games maybe 
just come to a cart or something because i don't know that i want to be playing that sort of yeah. game as a cloud game but that will be mm-hmm. uh kingdom hearts hd 1.5 plus 2.5 remix i'm just reading that how it's written kingdom hearts hd 2.8 final chapter prologue and kingdom hearts 3 and i thought that the 3ds one was on there but i am i am crazy but that is super smash brothers final fighter announcement uh, october 18th sora will be joining it's bittersweet it's sad um but hey now we have like one of the most incredible achievements in video gaming that we i mean that's never going away we're always going to have uh super smash brothers what the heck do they even do from here i can't even imagine i think that's actually we're going to be getting to that in question block but yeah i think um i think for now it's well i hope sakurai gets to go on vacation and take a nap because the four guys been so busy the past three years three and a half years since smash ultimates released um or not three and a half three um but i think now for smash ultimate it's complete um so i think basically whenever the next i believe it's um for every nintendo console there's one smash game um so oh so you're saying they're never going to release another nintendo console because <laughs> they just can't this is it can't top this is it everybody i hope you like Switch. i mean the reason forever. to upgrade a console uh you know in the future and to have a well so uh, we were talking about this on another show like nintendo always needs a reason to have a new console whether it's like we have a new controller we want to put out a console for or you know there's a big leap in uh, television quality that's something that doesn't motivate them normally but in the case of Smash, like I can't imagine a new Smash game not being 4K, not having really, really good power behind it, just to make sure it keeps up with the competitive scene, right? And the yeah. needs of people that are playing it. So in that sense, like we probably should expect that as a reason why Nintendo would have to make a 4K system or a more powerful system in the future. Yeah. It's a real Dobby is free energy with Sakurai. And I hope that he does get the break that he absolutely deserves. There was a real heartfelt hashtag trending on twitter hashtag thank you sakurai yeah i completely agree with it that man is one of the hardest working developers in the business it's incredible it's funny because i just finished watching the final evangelion movie last night and it was the same thing kind of with hideaki i know it's like i've devoted my life to this particular show for 25 years at this point sakurai has <laughs> been with smash almost as long mm-hmm. and you know, Anno kind of is ready to take a break and step away. Like he's going, Evangelion is complete. Maybe Smash is complete. Maybe this mm-hmm. is where Sakurai goes. Now I explore other ideas and I'm not shackled to this series that is amazing. But God, as a creator, I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Except for every time he goes out in public, someone's going to be like, where's Goku? <laughs> <laughs> I would. Goku was never going to be a thing. He was no, I know. I don't know why first. people thought Goku was going to be in Smash. Like, I don't know. It's wishlisting. I, I, I partially expected them to like drop the guy from Fortnite in for the last character, but that would have cost. He was in oh Fortnite guy. That would have been horrible. Oh my god! (laughs) I honestly, I was really when I saw the leaks that it was Sora. A part of me, honestly, I and I said to my um, friends who were really into Smash too. I said I would be really content, or I would be really happy if Waluigi was the final character in Smash Ultimate. Wow. <laughs> wow. I would too. Would have been pos- it would have been positive feels because there have been so many comics over the years yeah. of Waluigi being left out and everybody else getting the letter except for him. Yeah. And he's still not in. <laughs> it's insane Waluigi. that Waluigi is not in this game. He's a spirit trophy. He's a spirit trophy, yeah. 
Yeah. That so does not count. It, it does, does unfortunately. No, no. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hey that that's when we get the the pro switch and we have mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Pro. Well, we're just doing our um, our top 100 Nintendo 63. What was it? Yeah, top 10 Nintendo 64 games. Uh, we we kind of like resurrected this list for the 25th anniversary. And I was I uh, had uh, the charge of picking you know uh, something to say about uh, Mario Party 3. And Mario Party 3 is Waluigi's first Mario Party game. And uh, people like it for that. They like it for a few other reasons, just because it does more of everything. A lot of people like two, though. Those are basically tied with our staff. But uh, Mario Party 3 has a level that's Waluigi's level, and it shows, like, you know, his mind and his mental state. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's a it's just this purple, disgusting mess. I love it. And it's, it's full of traps. <laughs> Waluigi is... Uh, Waluigi exemplifies how memes come to life and take on a life of their own, because... Yeah. Originally, I feel like the fandom around Waluigi was wholly ironic. People mm. were like, Waluigi is such a stupid character that we're going to like him despite everything. And then he yeah. became mimetic. Yep. And then those <laughs> memes became their own thing. And that's how we get to people being genuinely upset that Waluigi is not in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, as uh, somebody who paid the $25 to get a vanity plate in the state of Maine that says Waluigi, I fully, <laughs> I'm fully heartbroken that he's well, I'm not. Well, I'm sorry that Waluigi splanged Mario Party 3 to you just now. That's totally fine. I would get... The- Late, but it's too far away, and we uh, we need to talk about something that I'm extremely excited about. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. About, and that is a little game that Sam uh, reviewed for us oh. called Metroid Dread. Sam, mm-hmm. so I hear this Metroid Dread is a is a pretty okay game. It's really good. Uh, yeah. I think I called it amazing. Uh, you know, uh, I am a, I'm a huge Metroid fan. I really my favorite Metroid games to put people uh, in my in context. Uh, some context are, are Zero Mission, and then um, which is was just for GBA and a remake of the first game, and then Prime. And this is uh, this is mm. kind of a mix of those games. Um, one thing that I really like about Zero Mission and Fusion has this too is that. By you know, like later in the game, you're like solving these puzzles that are like these kind kind of like twitchy, insane, boosting, you know, reaction jumping puzzles. Like they don't, you see a thing that you should not be able to get, and you're and you just think like, oh, I must have to get that later with a power up that I don't know about. And then by the end of the game, you're like, well, no, I could have been, I could have got that this whole time. I just was, you know, uh, I just didn't know how to do it. I love that feeling because that means I can play it again now and get a bunch of stuff early and kind of figure out how, how to do um, puzzles that I didn't realize, you know, I could do. That's my favorite type of metric. Right. So that, that's, that's zero mission to me. And then the prime side of it is that this game just looks great. 
Nintendo's like, you know, at the top of its game with this, like it's a, you know, two, two D, uh, plane to play on, but it's, it's 3d, uh, built. It looks so good. And, uh, we were kind of talking about smash. I mentioned smash in my review. Um, it's a, uh, it, it has some, so many moves you get by the end of the game that are focused on combat that you have enemies that are more like Samus than like big bosses. And you fight them in these kind of twitchy fighting game ways. And that's it's so for me, cool. that's awesome. It was really hard, but it was really satisfying to figure out what I was doing and just get, I just had to get good. You know, I love that feeling. Yeah. I heard that the bosses are really hard in this game. Like oh, that Metroid dread is a cut above yeah. in terms of difficulty. Fair to call this the most yeah. difficult Metroid game. Well, no, because I think Metroid is the most difficult Metroid game. I'd be surprised if it's <laughs> the earlier from Metroid a Twitch game. standpoint, like, yeah. I mean, you could always pick up a copy of Nintendo power. That's what those games were made for right. in some ways. But right. yeah. with this one, like the bosses are really involved. Yeah, so the the thing that I I kind of called out that I didn't like about bosses is that it's really focused on the counters. So you, you've seen in this footage that we're showing you now, if you're watching the video version, you have a little window to counterattack uh, any enemy, and it starts with like a very obvious counter in the beginning of the game. And as the game progresses, like those counters get much more difficult, right? Because everything gets more difficult. And bosses kind of kind of have a they kind of have the boss sequences like you guys know what boss sequences are. I'm sure if you're, you've played games for 30 years or something, but I don't know if uh, contemporary people uh, will recognize this much. But like, you know, a boss might go through a stage of like sending missiles at you for a while and then might turn into a cannonball and roll around. Right. Yeah. And, the, and then, then after that, they might, you know, uh, uh, sprout spider legs and, and a missile launcher and then have a final sequence to get between those sequences in Metroid. You you have to do one of these counters just right. And sometimes a QTE event. So it's like counter, Ooh. counter, 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 right? That's hard to do um, only if you don't know what you're doing next, right? So you kind of have to replay bosses and learn those sequences after the spongy sequences. That's not everything, but why, why I didn't like that specifically. And, and I don't, and again, like I love these boss fights. I think they're really great, but it made it so I spent all this time backtracking and collecting. So I had like a huge stock of ammo. Right. That's what you do in Metroid. You expand your ammo capacity. But that doesn't matter if like all you do, all you're doing is waiting for a counterattack. Right. You're waiting right. for a QTE. It's not it's hard to tell if the damage matters. And I put that to the test on the hardest boss, I think, by just using my regular like crappy little beam weapon. And it took about the same time to get through that boss fight. Oh, really? That didn't mean I didn't have to learn how to dodge so many attacks. Like <laughs> movement had to be perfect and learn all this other stuff, but it's just not as much, as much about attacking as it is these other things. So that's new for Metroid and awesome, but um, a little disappointing for like the collectathon spirit that I uh, go for in Metroid. Now, did you play the movement hand- is incredible. Sorry, go ahead, Seth. I was just going to ask if you played in handheld or with like the pro controller, did you switch back and forth? Yeah. So um, the, 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 I reviewed the last Metroid Samus returns and really had a problem with the tight, um, uh, shoulder button placement on that yeah. system and, and fighting bosses because you have to you have to usually hold a shoulder button or two and do things and like on that system it felt like crap on, on the on the switch it feels a lot better um the pro controller i absolutely would just switch over to if i had to do a uh i won't mention the power up but there's certain puzzles that are tied to this one power up that you get that are just really gameplay intensive i'd switch it for that and then i'd switch it for boss fights without without fail like i would just go just because i wanted to get also like you know i was feeling competitive and i wanted to get through this game and make sure that like i 
you know, was kicking butt. So, you know, you could do this, you could play this game on a plane. There's nothing stopping you. And I played the entire 3DS game just fine. It just was a hassle. Right. Are you playing on a Switch OLED? No, I wasn't, but we have oh. a review of the Switch OLED this week. And uh, the person that reviewed that, Taylor Lyles, uh, contributed to my review a box out of playing Metroid on that system. So you can read um, that take in the art. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to see it. I'm curious because Metroid Dread is kind of billed as the final game in the Metroid saga. That doesn't mean the series is over. It just means that that particular arc is finished. And I'm wondering, as a longtime Metroid fan, is it does it wrap things up in a satisfying way without going into spoilers? Well, let me just summarize the ending. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait for everybody to play it. First of all, like I just I can't wait to talk about it because I actually think it's going to be something that people talk about in a you oh, know in, in a range of ways. I can't wait. Um, it, it's 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 crazier than than I expected, and I think that most people would expect. But um, it's it's you know it's not obnoxious in my opinion. That's and, what I was going to uh, ask. Is, is, is it a satisfying kind of... Sure. Okay. I, I think I think that... I think the thing that, that's tiring Metroid out is taking away Samus's equipment at the beginning of every game and figuring out a way to explore a place that has, you know, perfectly spaced out Chozo upgrades and fit that into a story. <laughs> like, none of that fits into a story, really, for me. So, like, the Metroid story, you know, if it's going to be about you know, Samus versus this existential threat of in the universe, what whatever that is, um, that's kind of like that that itself is gonna get tired out. So like what I would like as you know, Metroid Prime completely spun out from that, right? It was like it did have Metroids in it, but like it's a completely separate timeline series. Not timeline in that sense, but like it's it's hard to say. It's it's self-contained compared to these five main games. Now, what do they do after this? Well, like Samus is a bounty hunter. I'd rather hear more about maybe that. Or, you know, have another protagonist or something like it's going to be hard to keep on running Samus through this same race. Right. Here's my pitch. Samus is fully powered up at the beginning of the game. But as the game progresses, she slowly gets depowered, (laughs) loses her powers throughout the end until the very end where she's desperate and wounded. And it's it's a little got that little bit of that alien thing going on. Right. Truly really lean into the survival horror element as you take away their powers rather than making oh them super powered. That's a fantastic yeah. idea. I would love that. <laughs> and Zero Zero Mission did a little bit of that. Sorry, Darren. Oh, I was gonna ask, because it's been many years since the last Metroid game. Um, would you say Metroid Dread was definitely worth the wait? Yeah, I um I so I kind of make light of this in my review. Um, it's really, it's, it's, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like it's worth the wait since 19 or whatever, 2003, you know, that that's the way, um, there was a remake, um, in Samus returns and, you know, gave that a high score an 8.5. Um, this is, this is a, you know, a, a really remarkable new Metroid game. And I feel like I, I, I said that I felt a little bit robbed that this wasn't out in the early 2000s. So we would have had like a pattern of cool Metroid games to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like robbed of 20 years of great Metroid. I feel that same way about Castlevania, by the way, hundred uh, oh, percent. Okay. Like, I'm just like, I wish there, there was a Castlevania every year until like 2000, whatever, five um, yeah. or every two years. And it was like, I would play those every year because they're a Metroid style Castlevania game. And mm-hmm. I really like this type of game. And, and it really took indies to carry on the tradition recently um with ori and hollow knight and um axiom verge and stuff like that i I think it's great that they're doing that but it's really great that nintendo came back and made like a cool triple a metroid game in 
2D plane. Like it's a, it feels like Super Metroid. You know, it's like really, really cool. That's awesome. Does this uh, fill the the gap that we have in all of our hearts for Metroid Prime (laughs) Four? Prime Four? I mean, no way. I I know it's obviously it's a completely different kind of game, but it is it is still Metroid and. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about that too. Like, can Metroid one Prime one, two, and three? Like, you know, two and three didn't add a whole lot to that. Like, Prime is. I mean, some days it's my favorite game ever. Yeah, I, I think oh, yeah, it's I'm right there with you. So wonderful. Yeah. And but it was, you know, it's the first time I experienced that. And and I, I don't know if that's the, the magic can be recaptured. I think they did a good job with this, though. So maybe that indicates it can. But man, I also remember Metroid Prime was like that was like when that came out when Half-Life 2 came out. And like people argued about which game looked better. Like that's amazing <laughs> that Nintendo had the best console on the market for graphics and showing off this big first person game like that is kind of a component of why metroid prime worked for me i i don't anticipate that coming back so that's why this metroid type prime, of metroid works metroid prime's art direction was just top tier back yeah. in the day and man Music. back in 2003 like i think we did the gamecube retrospective back in the day when Ga- metroid prime came out i don't think there was anything that looked better on any other console it yeah. was just unbelievable on the gamecube yeah. And I know, yeah. I think Breath of the Wild approached that in its own way because um, because graphics don't have to be about textures, right? They can be about yeah. the composition of what you're looking at. Yeah. And there's scenes in Breath of the Wild where, or, which are as beautiful as anything ever. So that's what I think, like, you know, I think another step for Nintendo is getting a little bit more fidelity so it looks good on my television because everybody is adapting new televisions and Metroid looks really good on my little screen and it looks really good on the television, but it's absolutely fuzzy on a 4K television. Mm. And you can see like, oh, there's no. so much asset here. It's like, there's so much stuff that it's like, okay, well just a sharper version of this would be absolutely welcome. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine that we won't have that in a, in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I maintain the belief that Metroid prime four will be the big launch game that comes with the next oh. nintendo 4k console well, i hope like, it's I not breath of the wild 2 because i can't so wait it's gonna that be switch that. pro the switch pro which smash pro i'd be into it i think hey, we're getting into it. the probable next gen games here because some games are yeah. gonna require better graphical fidelity just a little bit more though like i, I mean i'm 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 totally with people that are saying like playstation 5 games don't look that much different than ps4 like switch games look different than ps4 and ps5 shouted down for for even suggesting (laughs) anything less than the most powerful you look at super smash brothers ultimate that game looks phenomenal still like it's all about how you use the tools at hand and the art direction i think that raw graphical fidelity actually matters less than ever i mean just look at the top most popular games they're not showcase games nobody's gonna call fortnite a showcase game I agree, but I do want it to fit my monitor. That that is important to me. Like I, I, yeah. I just want to use the pixels. Like I don't care. Like the game Metroid should look exactly like this. I don't want it to look different, but I also right. don't want to feel like I'm stretching it on my TV. It, it just has a, a weird effect. Now I'm also noticing that in Castlevania on on Switch, um, the Game Boy screen looks so funny and blocky and chunky to me now, um, compared to a Super Nintendo, you know, or something like that. Like I'm just not used to it. It, it is funny to see. It is kind of charming to see those low res graphics on the yeah. Switch screen. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that in a, a har- uh, what, Harmony of Dissonance, the second one, because Circle of the Moon was famously just so dark and unplayable that the like they turned the contrast up like to astronomical levels, and you really see it on a fifty-five inch screen. It's like it's almost almost too much for my. For <laughs> they turn the contrast up so that it's so it's like it's like chiaroscuro, like light and dark are really really 
up or is it's it like just the, 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 the vibrance of it? I mean, it's that's what they did on the the, the, the Game Boy Advance. Just the so, you stock graphics, the so you can see the reflection better. But yeah. on a giant backlit, you know, yeah. 4K TV, it's like, good Lord, what is <laughs> happening here? This is like the most vape. It's easily yeah. the most vaporwave of the of the Castlevania. <laughs> so um but we'll get to that when we're in what we're what we've been playing but there's a little bit of nintendo news this week a little more nintendo news i should say mm-hmm. and that is that we finally got the announcement of the announcement animal crossing new horizons nintendo direct is coming next week uh, on friday at What's 7 a.m pacific oh we might have to push recording back next week probably a day at least yeah probably a day at least i'm sorry in, in advance but you can just uh, change the clock <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. That's such an excellent a good joke. joke. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I miss. We're getting the roost. Yes, now, I, it can't I can be twenty minutes roost. of roost. It's, I mean, it's you'd be surprised. Speak for yourself. You no, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. It could be twenty minutes of roost. <laughs> I mean, they data mine every Brewster. new land coming. They yeah. data mine Brewster like last year. This has been more than a year in the making. It's just yeah. like finally. Like twenty yeah. minutes of your character like sipping on coffee and mm-hmm. I'm into it. And just <laughs> That's the mood I need. Typing away on that novel on their MacBook. <laughs> just t- typing away on. You it. have to unlock all the blends. It's like Kona and Ghana and Costa Rica. Oh my god, I would do that. <laughs> you have to build it right or something like. Oh, that, I hope I so. If there's anything yeah. that I really want out of this Animal Crossing expansion, it's something to spend my. Many, 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 many bells on, and that would be oh. the ability to build new permanent structures on my island would be marvelous. Yeah, or to build out the, sh- the coffee shop, I think would be more interesting to me than the. Um, it's like an, where I it's a wing of the paintings. museum is the thing that kind of bums yeah. me out. Yeah, I'm worried about mm-hmm. that. But uh, but the paintings that in the statues were like too much. Like there's just like you know it was it it, it t- would take so long to finish that yeah. wing that I hope it's something that's more gamey, like the fish and bug collecting, which I love so much. I'm not so enough of a maniac are- to go after every one of those paintings. Uh- yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> are all like of you Elton. still in still playing Animal Crossing? Um, no, no. I, yeah, but. I don't know. Maybe I'll. I kind of go through periods of really getting into it, and for yeah. maybe like a week or two, and then I kind of like put it away, and then a couple months later I pick it up again. Um, yeah, I'm too afraid to go back. <laughs> I, have, I just put it down for a month. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go weeding. <laughs> You'll find your like, animals. Pass. They'll be like haunted, and we're like, there was no village here. There never was. <laughs> or you keep you get all these letters of. Um, like villagers that were on your island and they're like i'm leaving like sorry yeah, i don't want i don't want passive aggressive comments from <laughs> cute little animals about how i've been gone i'm like guys i have been? a busy life you'll find out that things- the the squirrel whose name i forget it's just taken over the town is anointed himself <laughs> king you have to fight him yeah. destroy him that'd be a great expansion <sighs> yeah maybe maybe i'll go back and play i'm still playing, playing again. um i you know have been on and off but uh i have a I have nephews that are very into Animal Crossing suddenly, which is great. And um, my my family lives in Iceland, and so I don't really get to uh, interact with them very much. And I, I uh, did not and, uh, know that. I thought that was a goof for yeah. half a second there. No, That's no. Cool. And uh, the Switch online and like, I, you know, we pull up a video chat and switch online and it works so well. Like I've oh, spent yeah? like 
like last Saturday, I think I was fishing for like three hours and, you know, with, you know, six year old who just like That's was awesome. so into it and kind of explaining how, how it works and stuff. Cause I'd worked on the guide and everything and can happily do that. But that was a really good animal crossing bonding experience. And like that ain't going away cause they're obsessed. So I'm definitely back in it. now. Awesome. I, to get presents to bring and stuff, you know, yeah. to be a good uncle. <laughs> I loved my Island so much. I put so much work into making it perfect. And when I go back and I weed it and I say hi to all of my animal friends, it will be like going home. It's my happy place. Yeah. Oh. Home, oh. but there's cockroaches. Yes. Oh. Step on them. They will die. And it's okay. <laughs> that is, that was uh, my original plan was I just wanted to have the most garbage filled house because you can get oh. trash. And so mm -hmm. I had a dump and then I saw somebody else online had done like every piece of garbage <laughs> that you could like furniture you could get and it was just actually like you know the landfill in, yeah uh, for manhattan island it was just because incredible. there's landfill wallpaper and, and carpet. have the landfill wallpaper yeah. <laughs> can i just I say that the landfill wallpaper stresses me out like from a personal <laughs> sense like i can smell it it's horrifying yeah. really gross yeah, I spent that's most what, of my that's time. That's what Nintendo was waiting for for the new Switch. They want to have the uh, interactive no. sense. No, God, no smell of vision. No, no. I was, I was going to say, I spent, I, I spent a lot of my time actually like making outfits for my character. Um, Excellent. I didn't mention this in the beginning, but I play Ganondorf in Smash Ultimate, and I oh, Ganondorf, you're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm one of the worst characters in the game, but. You know, it is what it is. I saw the Sora like thunder attack in the direct, and I cried as a Ganondorf main. I was just mm. like, "There's nothing I can do." Anyways, um, <laughs> but I ma I made like a Ganondorf dress and all this stuff, and mm. I would make like really like themed outfits for my character. That was something I spent a lot of time on. Nice, mm -hmm. yeah. It's that game definitely just hit at the right time. Yeah, sure did. Kind of want to. I don't know. I'm too afraid. I regret that I haven't been there, even though they're not real. Like, no, none of those animals are actually alive. I still feel guilty about like I, I finished half of that review in the office and the other half at home because that was right when uh, things switched over. Oh, yeah, it was I uh, my VO in the office and then I came home and I did like the rest of my capture at home and it was super weird. It was uh, PAX East that year it was when we all got to, to yeah, play I it. And it was the last the event ball. that mm -hmm. any of us have been to was PAX mm -hmm. East 2020. And I, you know, and I was playing Animal Crossing at that event yep. for the review. I remember. I was just walking around the halls. No. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had that great. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, that was a, a Animal Crossing uh, Direct is coming up next week, mm -hmm. uh, on Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. So set your alarms or just move to the East Coast like me because that's 10 o'clock and I'm, I'm way, way yeah. awake. Oh, Maine is beautiful. East, East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. That's so, right. Yes. I forgot about that. I'm one of Maybe. the handful of people at IGN that are from New Jersey, or at least like lived in that area. Yeah. And stuff. And it, it, it always, all of you let us know during meetings when you're all together <laughs> that you're from New Jersey. Was, <laughs> when, when we brought up, I remember we talked about, it was like the gas station simulator. And oh, in, in that oh, simulator, you as the owner pump gas for people and we said oh is this like a new jersey gas station simulator <laughs> yes, for, for those who don't know in new jersey you, you don't pump your own gas it is oh so it's like oregon oh, yes oregon. i was just gonna say it's like it's the same as in oregon but maybe that'll be the next animal crossing expansion now <laughs> let's talk about what we have been playing this week i mean we kind of already know with sam but uh sam what have you been playing anything outside of metroid dread 
Yeah, I mentioned I'm also playing Castlevania. I just, I just, I, I skipped straight to Aria of Sorrow. If I, if that doesn't draw me in, then I figure then uh, it's probably not time for me to revisit these games. But it's already drawn me in a little bit, and and it does look, it does look blocky and, and funny compared to how I remember it on a more crunched screen. I was talking to Pear about this. He's like, oh, I'm just going to play it on my micro with my cartridge. If I'm going to play it again, I'm like, that's that's a great way to play it. Uh, I love that it has rewind and save states yes. and uh, and and then everything feels great with it. The one thing that's driving me crazy right now is I switched the button layout. So it was uh, uh, whip is the closest to me and jump is on the bottom. I'm just used to that. It feels more like an NES controller or super NES controller for me. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, it means that the menus are like so screwed up. You yeah. can't, you know, they have like everything is backwards in the menus after that. So I'm trying to get my head around that right now, especially after playing Metroid where I'm like, you know, when you go from one game to a next and they're, they're kind of similar and they have different controls. That's what we all did with Assassin's Creed and Red Dead. And what happens is you punch your horse in the face all the time. Yes. Uh, that's the ride button in, in Assassin's Creed. Or you end up murdering you punch somebody. somebody else's horse. <laughs> yeah, you get murdered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kat, what have you been up to this week? Well, I've been kind of waiting for Metroid Dread before jumping back on my Switch and playing a little bit of Eastward. But in the waiting period, I've been... Sorry, Nintendo Switch. I've been playing oh. a lot of FIFA. I've been back on my nonsense. And so... Oh, uh, well. I think FIFA's on Switch. <laughs> it yeah. is on Switch, uh, kind of after a fashion. Um, <laughs> we've been getting increasingly brutal with our reviews of FIFA <laughs> yes, on Switch have. for obvious reasons, because EA got their money from Nintendo, and then after a couple iterations, they're like, well, anyway, we're done. Legacy edition right mm-hmm. here. And it's true. <sighs> Nintendo, like, we're now basically two generations clear of the version of FIFA that is on Nintendo Switch. So this, there was no way that they were Oof. ever going to be able to get that game onto the Switch, absent a cloud version. Mm-hmm. So whatever, I'm fine. But uh, FIFA is a deeply stressful game, and I wish I weren't playing it, but here I am <laughs> again every single year. Wow. <laughs> I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Who do you main in FIFA? (laughs) Uh, I play Ultimate Team. So, yes, I'm one of those people. But when I'm playing just regular online, I like to play as Napoli in Serie A because they aren't ridiculously OP, but they are Mm. quite pacey and quite fun. And also they have really pretty sky blue uniforms. And I want to go to Naples someday. Oh, Ah, Napoli. Mm. Do do we call FIFA fans FIFA? (laughs) <laughs> i will accept that uh designation okay. i am a fifa cat the fifa that's no. looking upset well um yeah, like at least that. we can agree that it's pronounced fifa right fifa yeah <laughs> that is that is a, a a main thing where we put the, the we lose the r where there is an r and we put it at the end where there isn't one so no no i that's a british thing i was referring to i i, oh, I didn't well, realize I thought you, you were making fun of mine yeah, you're, like, so, uh, you're so close by i'm a fifa it is it is New England after all? Like, it is yeah, if you if you take a pen and you make a, a picture of somebody with it, that's mm-hmm. a drawing. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, my wife used to make oh, fun of me all the time about that. Let's talk Warsh- more about regional accents. I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> it's what I do. Yeah, well, you could have a stronger Minnesotan accent than that, right? Oh yeah, I can. it's possible. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kate, what have you been playing? What um. I have, um, well, I I didn't 100% Hades, but I pretty much got almost everything. The one thing I'm missing, like I have the ranks and stuff. I, I love playing Hades just as a game to like zone out and like before I go to bed, I kind right. of just fall asleep too. 
Um, I think the one thing I don't have is like some very rare fish that you can only find in, um, I believe it's like chaos's level and like mm. the possibility of finding it is very, very small. So I just kind of gave up, but I picked up, um, I've been playing Hollow Knight. Mm. And nice. Yeah. Uh, never played it before, but I was really feeling, um, I don't know. I heard really good things about it and I was in the mood for kind of that dungeon crawler sort of metroid-esque yeah um sort of game and uh oh there it is um yeah. it is uh i mean it's definitely difficult what um, is this dlc this is not the this I've is not the hornet DLC. 150 new enemies oh wow. <laughs> but yeah i've been I playing no i've been playing hollow knight and i've been really really enjoying it um i love the boss fights i love the art style i love the music um it's it's really, really fun. I'm also playing Hollow Knight right now, and I'd never played it before. Um, oh. I'm way, like, I'm deep into the game now. I don't have a lot to go. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very, very hard at points for me. And mm -hmm. uh, the boss fights are part of that. Also, I totally went out of sequence a couple of times, and I had to, I had to use our guide for it. Because like, oh, okay. I, I yeah. was just trying to do something I shouldn't have been doing yet. And then I look up mm -hmm. the strategy, and it's like, well, you should be using this to dodge this attack. You use this to dodge this attack. I'm like, I'm yeah. neither of those things. <laughs> but again, I like a game that lets me do that. Like, I, I that's that, that I respect a game that lets me do that. Yeah, or it's yeah. like you can't get to a certain area because you need to get like this, like ability level up, and it's like, oh, that's why I couldn't get across, like things like that. Um, but I've been really enjoying Hollow Knight a lot, and. I didn't know that there was a DLC coming. I didn't so either. Really no. awesome to see. There you actually. go. Because this yeah. this character, when you fight her, it's really difficult. Like there's some, yeah. some scenes where you have to fight this this character, and it's I think some of the hardest part. It's not just like a DLC; it's practically a sequel. From what oh, I'm oh. able to gather, with Silk Skong. like it's being, I think it's being treated as a standalone release. Please correct me oh. if I'm wrong. I think Hollow Knight is an amazing game, and it's set a new standard for Metroidvanias, and it's kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to Metroid Dread. Because you can mm. see everything gets compared to Hollow Knight now if it's in that particular genre. Yeah. And Hollow Knight mm. is so gorgeous and so well designed. Yeah. And the so combat is so immaculate. And it has such a mood that yeah. it is really difficult to match. And it doesn't yeah. use the same upgrades and movements and stuff like that. Whereas, like, you know, Metroid's kind of locked in that. So I love Metroid and want to play Metroid games. And uh, but I, the innovation is never going to be there because Samus is always going to have an arm cannon, right? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's un, it would be unusual for Samus to pick up a sword. But this game feels really different because everything's predicated in a completely different way of interacting with enemies and levels. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, I think this is a 10. I think Tom reviewed this and gave it a 10. So you know, it's one of the the. One of the best games out there, but I've been playing uh, like Sam. I've been playing the Castlevania Advance Collection. I've been doing them chronologically. Jared Petty told me that I was I was wrong for doing that. Uh, well, what was uh, his order? Because he also likes Castlevania. No, his Super order was Game Boy, just to play Sam. Aria of Sorrow, and he said it's it's okay. one. And, and this is an exact quote: "It's one excellent <laughs> Castlevania games, two medio mediocre Castlevania games, and one horrible." Castlevania. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, sorrow. That's, that's, that was exactly my thought process, too. So I completely agree with this. Circle of the Moon, I thought was great. I never played all the way through and I had a lot of fun playing it. So I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to getting to Aria of Sorrow yeah. because I also never played that one. It's not like the uh, the DS ones. I played all of those and I loved those. Did you play did any of you play Circle of the Moon on the OG GBA? Because, I mean, 
People talk, yeah, we were talking earlier about how bad the lighting is, was in that game yeah. and how impossible it was to see. But unless you actually played it on a launch GBA, you really can't. It was that dark. It was <laughs> actually practically unplayable in anything <laughs> but direct sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. I think I played ironic game for a vampire there. game. <laughs> Somebody's made ironic, that. right? Sh- sure. But, Remember yeah. Boktai where you had to take it out? In the yeah. Sun? Yes. Yeah. It was a good Light way to sensor. get your. your your daily dose of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kojima. Yeah, it <laughs> prevents rickets. Thank you, Hideo Kojima, the enemy of rickets. <laughs> I've so, also I also played a game called uh, Steel Assault, which is uh, also on Switch, and oh. uh, I have a review. It's been out since like last week, and uh, I liked it. Needless to say, it's it's maybe one of the most what beautiful. Is it? Like it's uh it's an arcade style side scrolling like shooter slash beat oh, em up okay. it's sort of metal slug meets uh, so, okay I, I don't i'm listening i'm listening yeah, exactly. my attention has been peaked. My, i don't want to spoil my review but my my biggest problem with this is it's so short because it's so mm. beautiful and i had such a fun time that i just wanted to keep playing it and you end up but it's the soundtrack is just like the chunkiest riffs mm. that you can also turn to fm synth if you want to so then you get like the amazing chunky riffs in a in a chiptune form and but like pixel art alone like it's a 10 it's one of the most beautiful pixel art games that i have mm. ever seen and uh you should probably uh check it out if you get a chance and then my review my written review will be up one of these days a lot of other things have been happening in the world of gaming so uh we have time for question block and i'm very excited about question block because there are some good questions that we touched on earlier uh this is from and i'm please forgive me i'm going to try to pronounce this name properly nishan rudra kumar asks with the final character reveal for smash ultimate now behind us where does the franchise go from here no we one knows that. it's over i baby. mean we answered that but it like is it just can is... i comment yes. <laughs> of course yeah um well i can definitely say and i'm gonna get a little bit like competitive smasher for a second but definitely um as someone who uh considering like what's the future for smash ultimate moving forward especially with competitive smash where online or in-person events are just now coming back but now it's like smash ultimate is complete after being online for a year and a half and it feels like the storylines of competitive smash have like only just started to really develop right now so if you're still interested in developments in super smash brothers ultimate and interested to see developments of character play styles and things like that i highly recommend watching competitive smash tournaments or competitive ultimate tournaments because i think that really gives a chance for people to see their favorite characters played at a high level granted a lot of players will choose characters that are considered better in the game we don't we're not sure where sora lies in terms of the tier list yet until you really like get your hands on him once he is released but I want to say if, because um, we're not sure where Smash goes, and I know I said earlier that usually there's one Smash game per console, but um, with Smash Ultimate being considered complete, I really see that in the competitive Smash area, that's where there's still developments, there's still stories, there's still discoveries with characters and discoveries with um, the DLC characters and things like that. And that's where I really see more developments um coming up and it's really exciting how is smash brothers ultimate standing as an 
a competitive game in your mind? Because I think the stereotype among a lot of people is that melee is still a thing. The community never fully moved on. People <laughs> kind of tend to downplay the newer games like Ultimate. I think Ultimate was supposed to be in the Evo tournament and things like that. But uh, yeah. what's your take? So um, I would definitely say, so Melee and Ultimate are definitely the most popular Smash games competitively. Smash 4 is definitely not, um, people don't really play it anymore. If anything, if it is at tournaments, it's like a fun side event. Um, Brawl, people don't really play anymore. Smash 64, again, they still sometimes hold brackets, but it's usually Melee and Ultimate are the main games. And something I really hope for for the next Smash game is that they put in rollback netplay um, rather than delay based because mm. when you have part of the reason why I think competitive Smash Ultimate really took a pause during the pandemic when in-person events were not really happening um, playing online especially like playing competitive Smash Ultimate online was awful like it <laughs> you felt like you were playing in quicksand and it really wasn't that enjoyable for people who were so used to playing in person um and with melee i'm kind of giving like a short rundown but with melee they developed a system called slippy where um melee players could go online and there was rollback net play and it was really revolutionary so a lot of people went back to melee and um whoa that's really interesting yeah and melee almost had this this is what amazes me about melee so much it always seems to have this resurgence every couple years it's like oh my god it's melee dying are people not interested and then somehow it just comes back to life and during the um when in-person events were not a thing melee really came back and now we have all these new melee players and new storylines and it's been really amazing to see but with ultimate um it's it's definitely i won't go to, too much into it because it's kind of a deeper conversation but um there isn't as much developer support from nintendo for ultimate and mm -hmm. if there is it's very limited so compared to league of legends and dota and things like that ultimate definitely you're not making millions of dollars winning like placing seventh at like a smash right. ultimate tournament <laughs> but it's it's definitely still it gets a ton of views on twitch a lot of people are very interested in the competitive smash ultimate and especially with seeing the new characters and develop um the storylines with competitive smash ultimate are still developing and i think that's what's been giving it this its legitimacy as we come back into having in-person events again nice definitely I a struggle <laughs> i was sorry well, i have question. to end the conversation okay. because we are out of time and i oh. hate to say oh. ask in the post show. it's about yeah. the nickelodeon okay. smash game oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh um it's been yeah so i'm sorry to say we are out of time for this week's nbc but i want to thank <laughs> kate sam and cat industry legend cat bailey for joining me today uh if you want to came back around yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to submit your own questions, uh, write us at NBC at IGN.com or respond to our weekly question block post on Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get, get the, the thing. thing. <laughs> hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer?
Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy, or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.